It's about to get funky, y'all. Episode 163 of No Guitar is Safe, the guitar show where guitar heroes plug in, is brought to you this time by Guitar Player Magazine and GuitarPlayer.com. Guitar Player, play better, sound better. I am Jude Gold, and I am thrilled to be plugging in with a super groovy guitar player from San Francisco, the one and only Dave Schul. Can't believe it, I'm finally hanging out with Dave Schul. You're hearing a song called Diamond right now from the band Busk. That's B-U-S-K with an exclamation point. Diamonds! I can't do it right. Our good friend Mike Bemisterfer, who you might remember from the Jason Becker episode, is on lead vocals. This is so funky. I think Dave is playing all the instruments pretty much, except for the drums. That's the great Jay Lane on the drums. He's playing like bass, guitar, keys, according to Mike B. Easy keys. Easy keys. I mean, you know. Yeah. Sequencer, man. Yeah, but it's... it's Play one finger keys. (laughs) Then, Then move the MIDI blobs around. Exactly. I call them MIDI blobs. Hey, that's that's the thing, man. You're a producer, composer, guitarist, Naris member. You've also worked with Ozo Motley and Pink. And well, obviously, last time I really saw you play was at the San Jose Arena. You were with uh, Michael Franti and Spearhead. Oh, you with John with Mayer for years. Yeah, Open you guys up. were touring with John Mayer. Yeah, big hockey arena gig. That was cool. Sly and Robbie, you work with Jennifer Holiday. Jam with Counting Crows on the road a bunch. We were um, Co-Bill, but yes. Yeah, Co-Bill, and I guess you guys end up uh, playing well, a lot yeah. together every night. Do the whole set, practically. Trading yeah. licks. And, of course, lots of great local Bay Area artists, like uh, Jason Becker. You, I think we're both played on his last From record. Mike Bemisterfer. Mike B. He gave me the call. Yeah. I want some funk guitar. I'm like, on really? You're the first call funk right here, Los Man. Angelitos. And, which you just, yeah. you just reminded me that you used to sub for. Yeah, and you, no wonder you didn't know that, because... I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. And I've known, I've been, the first time I saw you play, well, we'll get to that, but it was quite a while ago. Yes. When we were both kids. And I'm really psyched that you also did some gigs with Billy Preston. And I think we're here in your studio with Jay Lane, the great drummer. Who just left. Who just left. We actually he kicked him out. Kicked him out. Because he's a rock star. We, we have to humble him. Yeah, he's, he's going on the road now with... Uh, Dead and Co. Dead and Co. That's John Mayer and everybody. Bob Weir, who he's played with for a million years. Th- almost 30 years. About. 30 years. Yeah. So Once you get past 25, it's a million, I, I think, yeah. in musician years. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's a fucking great gig for him. Wow. I, know. I mean, he used to do Rat Dog, of course. and Freaky Executives. Yeah. Freaky Executives. and Everyone. Very, Charlie Hunter yeah. Trio. And he's my childhood friend, which we met through yeah. Casadero Music Camp. Yeah, and um, that's you went a, too, right? Well, that's exactly where but, I first met you, which was, and I don't and you're know if younger I met than you. Me. I was a couple years younger. You seemed like you were maybe fifteen, and I was like, I don't know, eleven or I'm, something. I'm, I'm like, I'm bleep bleep. I'm bleep bleep. So yeah, you're you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're just a couple years ahead of me, and and Casadero was the coolest music camp because you could play guitar all day and and do all kinds of different stuff. But you were a staffer, I think. Was I? I think you were, were you like working in the kitchen or something? That's a staff. Well, I call that manual labor, but yes. Yeah. The, but the reason why, because 
I was a camper. Then I just gotten good with a bunch of folks and do you know anybody uh-huh. work in the kitchen? So it was an opportunity for me to hang. Well, for me, I was and like- And play music. I was like, that dude, the chef guy is kicking no, ass. I wasn't the chef. You were doing something. I took out the garbage. Oh. <laughs> Along with Jay Lane, we worked sanitation too. So we'd clean all the bathrooms and party and play music all day. Well, when we were off. Well, we always wondered because it was fun. It was like the first time I ever performed for any group of people was at Casadero at Music Camp. I think I went there three years. But what was it like to be a staffer there? Like what happened after dark when you put all us kids to sleep? You guys have some raging counselor parties or something? That's an understatement. Yes. Can't talk about it? No, nah, well, it's a wild <laughs> place. And, you know, to be fair, if you were a camper back then, that place would have got shutting down, man. All the party and all the stuff that was going on. So, But that was back then. Different times. Yeah, everything everything changes. But so it was much. an amazing place. And on top of that, as you know, we we come from the same the same musical scene. Casadero was the hub yeah. of the Bay Area music scene. Well, actually, the East. Well, let's say Berkeley. But yeah. I was from San Francisco, so I was an outsider, and that's how I met Jay. He went to Mission High, and he was from the city. And then I realized, oh, he lives in the city. So that's how we became friends. Jalen's a drummer we're talking about, my yeah. roommate, and we've been friends ever since. We were 12 years old, and, now and we share a studio. Badass studio here, so which is So what I'm saying is, yeah. it's Dave Ellis That's went to Claire. Casadero, who actually played with the Charlie Hunter Geo. We grew up in an Uptones, Eric yeah. Dimwitty, yeah. who I just talked Uptones. to the other day. Uh, who else? Joshua Redman was up there. There was some, Zoe Ellis. Zoe, absolutely. Okay, so Zoe Ellis, she runs the Glide Church Choir. Yeah. So now I'm playing there. I'm the house. Oh, you're doing that? I'm like the house band there, Sundays? which is an amazing. Yeah, Sunday. More than Sundays? Yeah, every Sunday. So I'm in yeah. the house band right now, and it's an amazing experience. Now, speaking as a guitar player or any musician, most of the, as you know, most of the best musicians come from the church. Absolutely. No, I never had an opportunity to play in the church because I'm not religious per se. But yeah. Zoe said, "Hey, we need a guitar player." I said, "Well, it's Sundays. Oh man, I gig Saturdays. I this, man, I can't get up that early." She goes, "Just give it a shot." And the musicians are fantastic. You know, cats from Santana played, you know, it was in oh, the horn, yeah. se- three-piece horn section. It's a badass band. Really? And I didn't know any, anything about gospel music at all. That was kind of your first gospel gig? I started in December. Oh, wow. So, so I had to learn all these tunes. Any cool chord progression that you've been playing lately from one of the songs? And any groove that... I have to have a chart in front of me because I'm still... Dude, there's like 150 tunes. So yeah, I have yeah. to have a chart in front of me. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I, dude, I'm getting old. I can't remember anything. But it's developed my ear immensely. And that's why those cats yeah. have amazing ears. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're one of the grooviest guitar players. And first of all, back then at Kaz, it seemed like you had like an SG or something. Yeah, it got right? stolen. It got stolen. Oh, man, that sucks. Because my cousin went to Kaz and he got his SG stolen as well. Yeah. What is it about that? Yeah, that's the worst. It's because Angus Young. But anyway, you know, it's, it's basically, you know, gospel. You could hang on one chord. A lot of it's one, four, five. Yeah. Oh, but a lot of it isn't, too. Oh, well, the old stuff. Yeah, and that's yeah. why I can't remember the new stuff because I got to have the chart in front of me. Like yeah. I said, the stuff is so new for me. I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm just starting to, it's starting to marinate with me now. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I've done some of that. Yeah. It's humbling because a lot of the passing tones and all that, because I'm, I'm a, a one chord Louis kind of guy. Ah, uh, well. You know, so basically, you know, just like these, these cats, even if you're staying on the one. Yeah. I'm playing a little sloppy now because I'm not warmed up. But I, I mean, then you go to the. Yeah. I love that little thing at the end there. And then you could go to the fun. You know, 
That's yeah. the old school. That's the easy stuff. But yeah, play me a little bit. I'll, I'll be your bass player. I <laughs> need one, two, three. Four. I love it, man. Groove is just such a, I mean, the funk is, for me, really what I first, first got me into music. That's when the electric, the lightning bolt went through me is when I heard groove music. What was it for you? What really got, first of all, you grew up in a musical family? I know you're. No, actually, no. Uh, I grew up in, primarily in a black neighborhood. I'm from San Francisco. Which part of town? Well, it's, it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't expect it to be a black neighborhood. It's Diamond Heights area. They had low-income housing up there uh, amongst yeah. all the rich folks. Yeah, I know where Diamond Heights is. So there was just a hodgepodge of, of everything in my apartment building alone. was people from Africa, Philippines, Mexico, Samoa. And it was three floors. And it was two, two apartments on each floor. And it was like 60, 60 apartments in the whole complex. So you'd right. hear all this different kind of music. Yeah. Everything. But a lot of it was KDIA, AM radio. Remember it Based well. in Oakland. So it was all Stevie Wonder, Curtis Mayfield, James yep. Brown, uh, Billy Preston. Nothing for nothing means nothing. And it was, it was such an honor when I got the call later on to do a few gigs with him. Uh, Narada Michael Walden gave me a call. Hey, what are you doing? This was 90-something. I don't remember, Billy man. Do getting... you remember this one? If, uh, if I it's A flat, uh Will it go around circles? Yeah. I used to play that all the time. I still, I don't remember it now. But up, dump, dump, dump. Yeah. I got a song, I ain't got no melody. Gonna let the music move me along. I've got a song, I ain't got no melody. Gonna let that music so funky. Will it go round in a circle? Something like that. Will it go round in a circle? Shit, I forgot. Will it fly high like a bird up in the sky? Oh yeah, man. <laughs> That's the part. I like how you played that. Yeah. I try to steal from uh, um, uh, organ players, man. Yeah, so that to, to to you that's kind of an organ thing, huh? Like uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I like to steal yeah, from keyboard I mean, players. Now that you mentioned it to me, it's yeah. totally. But ding 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 ding. I think he does it on piano. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm just faking it, but I just yes, well, so am I. a funky tune i remember i was playing a casual gig at the top of the mark one night they call it out the blue no that they called another one which i didn't know and have more changes so i had to go home the one you were just talking about nothing 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 from for nothing nothing from nothing yeah 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 uh oh what did we just play uh will it go around circles that's right see yeah 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 
Okay, so the funny thing is, with that gig that I did, there was no YouTube, there was no Spotify. You just get the call, show up to rehearsal. Yeah. So it was all barrier cats. I forgot who was on Jamie Brewer. And I, man, it was so long ago. Uh, we get a call, Lennon Studios. Yeah. Rehearsal at 12. Down in South of Market. Yeah. Here in San no Francisco. set list or anything. No set? You didn't know what songs you were going to be playing. When was the gig? Next well, night? Yeah, <laughs> next, yeah, next few days. Yeah. And I uh, had no idea. It's like, just show up. Okay. So there's no way you could really do homework. Yeah. yeah unless you're psychic. Exactly. Yeah. So we're waiting around. 5.45 comes around. Billy didn't show up. Oh, I'm sorry. Four, 5.45, Billy shows up or some odd time like that. He goes, yeah. hey, guys, how you doing? I'm Billy. We're good. That was rehearsal? Yeah. <laughs> that takes a cake, man. I've heard a lot so obviously we go, hey, guys, we need to learn. We discuss, okay, I'm sure it's a hit. There was another song called Space Jam or something. I forgot what it was called. But there were no charts. Yeah. How am I going to – I didn't have his albums. So what do you do back then? Guts and instincts and – well, you're the right guy for the gig. Well, I mean, we did the Beatles tune, Get Back, obviously, which yeah. is totally easy. Now, but he actually, played, he, he played on that, right? Or yeah. He played on it with the Beatles, obviously. That's I why I kind of name exactly. dropped that name, man. I mean, usually yeah. I'm not a name dropper, but yeah, I did a few gigs with oh, Billy Preston. I, you know? I love Billy Preston, man. He's so funky when I discovered him from that gig. like when they were. But like, I didn't realize when I was a kid, I used to love that song, Nothing for Nothing and all that. Yeah. And then years later, I realized, oh, shit, he was the fifth Beatle, or considered. Yes. So what was the gig like when you showed up not knowing the songs? Where did you guys play? San Jose, sort of San Jose Street Jazz Festival, some th- and uh, what was it? I think Sweetwater or something like that. Uh, the old mm-hmm. Sweetwater. Yeah, up in uh, Marine County. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's and, the old Sweet. Yeah, that small place. Yep, the old one. Yeah. New one's a bit bigger. Yeah, but here's the yeah. thing. Nowadays, everything's at your fingertips. Oh yeah, now you have no excuse. And I was having a conversation with some young cats on the circuit, you know, pretty damn new. They go, man, I just got these songs last night or two nights ago. It's just like, yeah, man, but there's Spotify. There's YouTube. There's charts available online. Back in the day, if you want to learn a tune, you take your tape recorder and tape it and, you know, wait for the commercials and hopefully they'll play your song. Buy a best of record if you can. Or best, yeah, but records were expensive back then. They were. Even cassettes. You know, I mean, what are you going to go to the used record store and see if you, they got, you know, you got to learn all these tunes. So, and yeah. hold on. There's another thing too, where it's like people get pissed that nowadays, like you're in a variety band, you're playing a wedding or a corporate thing. And sometimes you got to learn 10 songs. Nowadays, that's the norm. But back then, I kind of thought about this recently where back then, most of the bands, corporate bands or whatnot, they had their own book and they played the same tunes. Maybe they'd probably learn a tune once a month a new tune yeah. once a month to keep up with that hit i don't mind learning a bunch of tunes but i don't like it when the band leader calls you at like eleven thirty with an or sends you an email the night before the gig learn yeah. these eight songs yeah 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 doesn't work like that no it doesn't work like well they're I probably mean, they're probably singers yeah <laughs> exactly but anyway so so yeah back to, you the go to that route route talking about lead singers <laughs> no i'm kidding oh <laughs> uh, yeah i've been yeah we've all been there yeah you know and, LSD, um, lead singer disease, special breed, special drug. Yeah, and they don't all have that. No, I know, I know. Some I know. of them are quite motivated. And some of them are great, actually. And you play with so many. You play with Tony Lindsay around here. Oh, man, talk God. about the greatest, one of the greatest singers around. And, uh, and one of the nicest guys around. And no ego yeah. whatsoever, dude. I'm telling you. And he's uh, obviously sung for Santana and 
Yeah, 26 years of 11 Grammys, and he's the coolest dude on earth, man. Uh, totally yeah. humble. I no ego him. whatsoever. I see him doing those uh, national anthem all the time at like Niners games and stuff and yeah. Warriors. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a busy guy, and, you know, he's total humble, man. I, I, whenever yeah. he calls, yes, I'll cancel another gig for it if, if, if I possibly oh, yeah. can. When I see that you guys are playing, I just missed, I just wish that I could be up here in the bay to check it out one of these days and and musically it's just groove yeah you know so what was it when you're growing up in this apartment building did you start playing guitar at that time how old were you what was the first grooving lick that you really you felt in your bones all right so i have an older brother who's three years older than me i must have been like hmm 11 maybe 12 and he's three years older than me he had a, I forgot, make old K guitar and he used to play um, ACDC, like Dirty Deeds, Thunder, Cheap, and Cat Scratch yeah. Fever. Something like that. Yeah. And uh, I was a little kid and I was, I was he, we had our own rooms and I was, you know, I'd sneak, I, I'd not sneak in his room, I'd just watch him, watch him like a hawk. You know, he'd play ACDC and all that. He wasn't very good, but he was good yeah. to me. Right. So one day I said, hey man. Can you teach me that? And he punches me in the face and says, get the fuck out of my room. I'm like, I started crying. I'm just like, ah. Competitive much? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, you know, big I'm the guitar song. player in this. I don't Except, know where he was coming I from. I guess, pretty much. So at that time, maybe I was 12. He was three years older than me. And, you know, he'd leave the house, go party, you know, do what teenagers do. So I'd sneak in the room. I was watching him like a hawk. Classic. Then I stole all his licks. <laughs> the licks he had. And, uh, my dad found Casadora Music Camp and oh, there rest it is. History. There yeah. it is. So show me uh, one new, like, not Catch Scratch Fever or something, but like something that you really love from, could be when you're 17 or it's like some cool funk licks or when you, I think of you as just one of the funkiest guitar players in my life. So, I mean, like, what sticks out to you? Anything. We could play a few different licks. What's I mean, the it's not even. funkiest lick of all time? I don't know. If I don't, see, now, stop. <laughs> Anything. I, I mean, basically, when I heard. Oh, fuck yeah. Earth, wind, and fire. One chord, man. Really. Except the yeah. change, but that's that uh, opening lick. Oh, yeah. There's like two guitar players, yeah. right? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got Al McKay. And yeah, then, Al McKay. I don't know who else? Other else? Dude. I can't think right now, but yes. Earth, wind, and fire. A, this is the same shit that's in my DNA, mm-hmm. because I also grew up in a totally mixed building, you know, in Berkeley on the Oakland border. Well, yeah, Berkeley and, and every, Oakland diverse, man. Every stereo, yeah, every liquor store, every, you know, all the radio stations was playing Earth, Wind and Fire, Chic, you know, Jackson's before MJ went solo, all that stuff. And it's I loved it so much. Um It's a shiny stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, to me, Earth, Wind, and Fire is still like the Led Zeppelin of funk. Like it's. Well, the thing about um, Earth, Wind, and Fire, it's one of the only bands, R&B bands, in my book. Yeah. That shit was funky as hell, but mm-hmm. yeah, with major chords that made you feel good. That's a good point. I wow. never thought. I kind of. Why does this song make me feel good? But it's funky. It's, there's a lot of major chords in it. Yeah. September. I mean, that's the most feel-good song. Yeah, I'm tired time. of playing that because I have to play that in all those corporate gigs. Yeah, but, every time. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It's a, there's it's still something hit. about it though. Like I'm at a restaurant and it comes on. Like I stay here. Yeah, it's just, it just perks sick. your ears up and you, you you get a smile yeah. on you. Like, I don't. I, 
probably not the right part. The bass part. Wait, wait, what's the bass part? Shit, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, one, two, three, four. Oh, sing a song. That works too. I'm just dicking around. I love it. You know, remember the first time I had to play James Brown or something like in 12-8? Oh, I was just, I, I, you beat me to it. You beat me to it. That's, and that's what, yeah. I finally figured out for me, how about you? I like to start with an upstroke. Cause then, I, I, uh, oh, don't let then me think. The, don't let me think. Don't let me think. That's where I've been. Now, when I learned that shit, yeah, I was like, "This is another. This is a one different, chord, different gear, though." Like, right? Well, okay. Well, the family, my dad, he loved all kinds of music, so there was a lot of uh, salsa and Afro-Cuban in my house. So the six eight seemed wow, natural. That is the funkiest shit there is. I mean, because yeah, but yeah, six eight, those weird, yeah, weird time signatures. It, it just felt yeah. natural to me. I love it, but for, I mean, for me, it's like. If you start with the upstroke, then on beats two and, two and four, you get a downstroke. If I think I, I, I yeah, but I, I, I start on a down though. You start on a down. If you start on a up, I just, I'm just to be nerd about, it, to be, you end up with a two and the four is a big downstroke. Huh. See, if I think I can't play, you like to analyze stuff, huh? I, I, I so what I do, I, I, I just, I, I fall yeah, apart. I guess so. I mean, I learned. Like, God, did you ever know C.K. Ledzekbo, the um, African percussion teacher? He would teach all this 12-8 shit. What's it? Who? C.K.? No, don't know him. Oh, man. He'd just teach you all the bell patterns. Okay. Right. That kind of stuff. And um, I don't know. I used to play a lot of that kind of stuff in uh, High Life with- um, Which I never got into, man, but it's a whole (sighs) different- Now that- It's funk. I, I call it a hump. Well, you know what? First of all, talk about major chords. That's funky African high life music. Right. The little I've heard, I'm like going, wow. And I, I it was funny. I got called. I, it was no one famous or anything, but this guy from France, I guess he was, I forgot where, Con- the Congo or something. It's got a band thrown together and they, they thought I'd be a good candidate because I play funk. But the hump was so, I call it a groove a hump, uh-huh. was so foreign to me. The guy, he liked my playing, but he was really patient with me because he goes, no, it goes like this. The phrase, I was like, man, I can't get it. It, it was just like a different feel. Yeah. Even though I, I call it a hum and I just yeah. couldn't get it. But finally I got it. He goes, you got it, man. You were African. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I felt I did not get it, but don't ask me what it was because it, it had, we were playing with a percussionist, so I couldn't do it on my own. Well, so I couldn't show you anything what it was. Some of it would start in the weird places. Like I remember right. I learned this one guitar part. The keyboardist had not learned the song all the way, and he was another local California guy like myself. So yeah. He was hearing it. Right. I think I might have played this on this podcast before, but like if you hear it by itself. Where's the one? That's the question, right? Two, one, right? 
It's one, two, three, four. So it's like, if you play something like that. Okay, hold on. Count it off first. One, okay, two. where's my one? You're coming in on the one. Okay, one. Let's count it off. One, two, three, four. That's... Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that, yeah. I, that, that's exactly. It was so entertaining, all this stuff. It was like, I really loved learning that stuff. And you know, one drummer I played with a lot was Manus. Oh, I, he just came over to my house the other day, like and knocked he, on my door. Hey, you home? Yeah, I'm home. What the hell are you doing here? He's still with Franti? Yeah. Michael Franti and yeah. Spearhead? Yeah. Badass. Yeah. yeah. And he was just a kid then. I mean, I don't know. He's pretty young, right? Uh, it's probably I mean, your age. none of us are young anymore. He's your age. <laughs> But this is, see, I was in my 20s when I was doing this, so he might have been, I don't know. Well, he's your age. He has to be your, I think he's older than you yeah. think he is. Maybe so. Anyway, that was really killer shit. Now, before we get to Michael Franti and Spearhead, just what do you think are some of the funkiest guitar parts of all time? I mean, I feel like you and me love the funk. Like We, we just played it. Which way, I don't, what was it? Funky Good Time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What are some of your, what are some of your other favorites? I mean, oh, man, <laughs> if they're putting you on the spot, like, okay, we got like James, all James Brown shit, all the James Brown stuff. I like, uh, the payback. What key? Is oh, I, I don't. Yeah. yeah. The uh, way it builds up. See, here's the thing with James Brown. A lot of his stuff sounds similar. Yeah. Like that's to me is a sound that's just been sampled to death. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Like so James James Brown has so much, man. Oh, 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 oh sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, yeah. Is that what you're gonna say? No. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Prince. Prince! Dude! How do we forget him? Well, I I still I've of all the tragic celebrity guitar player deaths in recent years, there's Jeff Beck and Prince, and for me, uh, those two. Prince really probably hits me the hardest. Mm. He was Dude, we got so much everything. in common. We got yeah. so much in common. Because I love Jeff Beck. I got two of his um, signature guitars, but I I don't play anything like him. I don't copy him. There's no way. I don't even attempt to because I'm not a lead player, but I I love his tone and his phrasing and the human quality to his playing. And he's just a special... He's he's a master who who outpaced every one of his peers. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I couldn't even... You know. words. Yes, exactly. Having seen, you know, I saw Jeff Beck many times over the last 40, 30 me years. Me too. 30 years. I might, might been about eight times for me. I just saw him two, the, the, the last two shows. Oh, yeah, wow. Like, yeah. The so, last two shows. And he was funky Second too. Second to the last show he's ever done. He was very funky. Dude, like, he played with fucking uh, Stevie Wonder, man. Absolutely. Like Superstition was like. It was, that was supposed to be written for him. And then, Record company said, no, fuck that. It was such a good song that yeah. they were like, Stevie, yeah. you got to take this one. Yeah. But he did record yeah. it. He did. Yes, he did. Yeah, so um, there's like the, even on Flash, like I remember on Flash, he does this one guitar solo, man, which is like his Nile Rodgers. Right, uh, he produced um, it. Yeah, Nile Rodgers produced it. It's real, a lot of drum machines and synths, but there's like this one solo. It's like I gotta revisit that. 
I don't even remember the name of the song, but I like these little. It's like a guitar break. I'm like that is so funky. Like that, like that little lick influenced me. Even yeah. the, like out of yeah. all the other Jeff Beck yeah. stuff that we yeah. all know and yeah. love. Yeah. See, I was never good at copying people. You know, well, you got a lot. I mean, we all play the stuff. You got the language in your fingers. Well, as far as licks and all that, you know, I was never good at mimicking other cats. I just, yeah. I just didn't have the patience for it. But that's two notes. You would crush that part. Oh no, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like leads and all that. You know. Okay, so let's yeah. get back to Prince, though. Yeah, a lot Prince. of people. A lot of people. Oh my god. Go, yeah, man. Prince was a fucking killing ass lead player, man. His leads, but no one talks about his rhythm playing. To oh, me, god. honestly. Don't get me wrong, he's a badass lead player. But that the lead has it the rhythm was his rhythm guitar shit, man. 100%. I mean, when I first turned on the radio. I mean, it's radio. James Brown. It's 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 everything. Yeah. And you know his favorite guitar player was Santana. Really? Yeah. That's probably the passion that he brings to those big yeah. lead notes. But like if if anyone's curious and they don't realize how rhythmic, just listen to I Want to Be Your Lover cuz he plays every instrument. Yeah. Keyboards. Yeah. Obviously, the vocals yeah. and drums. Drums, yeah. And the, the guitar. Where do you play that? No. What key are you in? I don't know what key that song is in. Wait, what so what like, key? Wait, we'll get it. Saw him once, but Prince was of that generation. He was like one of those rare performers. You could be sitting, I don't even remember if they had screens. This was about 2006. They might have had screens, but even in the back of the San Jose arena, he could fill the whole arena with his just his presence and his moves and his dancing yeah. and his command of the whole room. That's like a James Brown thing oh, and a man. Michael Jackson thing. Hendrix. Yeah. There's, there's no screens back Sly. then. Yeah. 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 Can you reach a stadium full of people or a giant basketball? And arena? he was better than every musician that he's played with. I mean, you know. <sighs> yeah. Well, not quite, but yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. He was just. But anyway, yeah. 100%. I. Saw, you know, the funny thing is, but music, man, it, it, it's incredible. At least, unfortunately, for me, and I'm sure for you too. Uh, I saw Prince at the Cow Palace in 1983. I think. Went to three shows at the Cow Palace. Was that like just about Purple Rain? Yes, or? yes. The time opened up. I think it was the time where Sheila. I don't even remember, man. That's it's yeah. so seriously. I got a bad memory. But uh, fortunately, I mean, about ten years ago, I got to play and record with uh, Doctor Fink, the Doctor. Okay. Yeah. Who's that? The keyboard player. <laughs> From Prince? Yeah, from the Revolution. Right. He's in I don't know if you were talking about the time or something. No, no, sorry. Yeah, from the Revolution. Okay, Prince yeah. and Revolution had Dr. Fink. Dr. Fink. The guy who wore the uh, doctor smock, you know. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, because, uh, yeah, I got to do some recording with him because I'm involved uh, in this youth group called Future Youth Records, my friend Jason Wall. So it's basically- I saw some of that on yes. Facebook. What's that? I saw some of that on Facebook. You're like down at um, United Recording in LA. Yeah. Doing some with rubbing elbows with Julian Lennon and all these cats or- 
Yeah, yeah, I'll get into that in a second. But anyway, this <laughs> thing is this um, nonprofit organization called Future Youth Records. So when I first started, the whole concept of this organization was to get kids from disenfranchised um, neighborhoods or, or even homeless kids, pregnant girls, or whatnot, to tell their story. So what they do is they rent a studio, get an organization. These kids have no musical training, nada. Get them in the mm. studio, record, write a song, whatever's on their mind about how their life is. You know, try to just empower them and yeah. get them in an amazing studio with studio ringers. And that's that's where I met Dr. Fink. You know, I mean, he was cool. he was actually the longest member of the revolution. He played on Sign of the Times up to Sign of the Times. So he's the longest member that right. Prince has ever had. So look up Dr. Fink. Yeah. Will do. Cool dude. And he's involved in the organization. And so we get in the studio and write songs with the kids. And do they, are they even qualified to sing them or are they? No, they so sing them, but I mean, it, it it's yeah. nothing really gets released, but yeah. you know, to, maybe to the organization right. or their family and Changes friends. Changes their life probably if it, on yes, a good day. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And sometimes you find a few gems because the, yeah. the thing is, even before we started this podcast, I'm going, dude, I'm kind of nervous because behind the mic, I get nervous. So imagine someone who's never sang before, you're a teenage oh. or you're homeless, you've never been in a studio with this millions of dollars worth of equipment with everyone looking at you. I can't imagine that. I mean, and, But the thing is, and you know, it's, it was humbling for me to try to, you know, being as, 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 a, as a little producer yeah. or helping them or encourage them, help them write a song coming from something, nothing to a whole song. And this is in a span of two days. Yeah. I mean, we might have a rough sketch yeah, of the music yeah. and they sing over it and then we polish it up later, but... Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to picture that because, like, I mean, I... Dude, it, it, it's... it's it, As my yeah. friend who, who who runs this, Jason Wall, Future Youth Records, he goes, this is an impossible task, but we do it. Could you imagine getting yeah. five girls or, 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 or kids yeah. who've never done music and write a song and then record it? Yeah, that is... Uh, I get a powerful feeling just thinking about and, that. You know? It's really frustrating. It's hard. It's exhausting for us to do. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's empowering. Oh shit. And I'm exhausted after in this session, but you know. So, yeah, but yeah. anyway, so now we for this latest thing we did at United Recording. You know who was involved in that? Steve Picaro. Oh, badass. Toto. Now Steve, not Toto. Not yeah. even that. Yeah. What else is he? I mean, Boss Gags, or I don't know. He's, that too. But he so, wrote Human Nature for Michael Jackson. MJ. He played on Thriller. Yeah. Him and Lukather and that whole team. And, and, I, and he was the nicest guy ever, man. Yeah. And Jim Keltner. Yeah. Probably one of the most, most recorded drummers ever. Yeah. We, and they uh, volunteered their time to this, by the way. First time we went to New Zealand was with Toto. And oh. Steve was there. Oh, nicest guy, right? Yeah. Those guys are all so cool. Yeah. John Williams' son, uh, Joe Williams on lead vocals. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's a, yeah. Oh wow! The composer's son is the lead singer of Toto for the last several years, several albums. Oh, I didn't know albums. that. I didn't know that. I did not Joseph know that. Joseph Williams, yeah, yeah, a little badass and was so, cool. We got to talk to him for five minutes once. Of course, mostly asking him about his dad. Uh, he probably Toto's cool. Tell us about John. Yeah, <laughs> he loves talking to me. It was really cool. Oh, oh, so he wasn't jaded about that. No, talk no. about me. I'm a lead singer. He doesn't have like that lead singer personality. I mean, like, that, that's awesome. that cliche thing that yeah. Yeah, they're real. That was that was fun. Yeah. So on this session, oh, okay. So on this session, we had um, four kids. Uh, I think the oldest one was twenty-two. One was from uh, Ireland, the UK, 
Berlin, and Toronto. So we got them in the studio. Uh, so we did a cover of Saltwater from Julian Lennon because okay. there was a, um, a collaboration with Future Youth Records and shit. Julian Lennon's White Feather Foundation, something like that, so some environmental organization. But uh, another, okay, so who was on the session? Me, I was the lowest man on the scrotum pole there. <laughs> uh, the bass player, oh man, she plays with Pink. What's her, oh my, my, I can't think right now. It'll come to me. Uh, um, Janice Tanaka? No, she used to play with Pink, I think. But anyway, go no, ahead. No, she's with, uh, yeah, um, oh, I could see her face right now. Uh, anyway, guitar player Lawrence Juber, acoustic guitar okay. player. I know Lawrence. He's been on this show. Oh, has he? Yeah, I knew Lawrence. Yeah, he's a genius. Totally. Yeah. Jim like, Kelton. Oh, oh, it was funny. We were, in the, we were in the studio and he was testing out his guitar. I think he had a tailor. He goes, oh, this is a guitar I used on this. What's that, Tool Time show? Um, I don't know. It was a famous TV show. Um, I thought Tim you were Allen. To play uh, Sir Duke by Steve Wee Wonder. <laughs> Uh, Lawrence, uh, yeah, uh, home Improvement. Home Improvement. Yeah. He played on I said, damn, really? And he played with McCartney for, t t uh, I don't know if it's exact key, whatever. Yeah, no, he was with McCartney, uh, absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and he was, and everyone yeah. donated their time. That is great, man. Yeah. Really cool. And you're down, you're next, let me know next time you're down there. I don't live Well, I mean, it was there. in and out. We were yeah, in and out, so I had I to take you. care of business. So, yeah, so uh, these kids don't really know how. Yeah. With, the, with the opportunity they have playing with these cats because you know they're young yeah and julian lennon showed up and we got the approval of uh the song so that's great oh and let me get let me tell you something too uh -huh. it was it was i was really nervous i didn't realize i was nervous when i did that session we drove down had a day off before the recording and, and man I, I was feeling sick man i had a big headache i was like i thought i had COVID. i tested myself no i'm cool i was just felt i don't know man Felt bad, drained. Show up to the session, set up, meet everybody. I feel feel like shit, man. It's like, I don't know what's going on. I hope I could cut it, blah, blah, blah. You know, because I'm playing with all these legends, man, who I who are, yeah. who are on, on, on all my records as, as players, you know? From, yeah. You know. So Steve Picaro was right, right about 10 feet away from me, you know, in headphones. We were getting headphone check. And, uh, we were running through the tune. He goes, oh, shit, I messed up. What's that chord? And I said, oh, I think it's a B minor. With a vo what voice are you playing? And then, and then all of a sudden, okay. Jim Keltner said, shit, what's that, Phil? How does that go? And then, then all of a sudden, pow. Everything went away. Oh, so I think it was anxiety, which I've never had yeah. in my life. Yeah. I realized that these guys are human. They're not perfect. Because I had this stigma yeah. all my life, which is I should know better. I'm fucking... 58 years old that people make mistakes even the best of the best who have been in all our favorite records are still human yeah. well you hear these stories like one take exactly you know, like, exactly I feel like we have to be that person but. exactly but then i talked to him i talked to steve yeah man you know we did some of these records we're there for four or five days yeah they have it's not like the wrecking crew yeah it's not like they have insane budgets for something they can do no ridiculous budgets yeah <laughs> Ridiculous budgets. And, I, you know, I was talking to Steve. And it's like, you know, it just, he, he goes, man, I'm not the best player in the world. I'm not a Chick Corea or, 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 you know, or whoever, Herbie Hancock, but I played the right shit at the right time and got, you know, just got it done yeah. fast. Yeah, in the right place. And the right, yeah. And didn't try to play no fancy extensions or all that, you know. Yeah, well, that's what, you know, 
That's what Luke always says. You know, and that's and that's another thing. I saw that thing with Rick Beato with Luke. He goes, "Man, I got hired to play the stupid shit." Yeah. Well, he he he, was, he told me that his favorite, the, the kind of musician you want is someone when they play a groove, even the simplest thing, it just makes you feel good, and makes you want to play. Yeah. Makes you want to join in in the studio, and that's to me what you have. Oh man. You know that's know why I've always that. felt that way about you and and the. Groove. Well, it's about songs, man. I grew up with yeah. songs. You know, yeah. that's a thing. It's yeah. like now, I think everyone, you know, it's it's the YouTube, Instagram age where you got all these bed, bed I call them bedroom Mozarts or whatever, right. technicians. Yeah. But could these people actually play with other musicians? You never see that. They're always in the room, blah, 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 playing fast and te- technically precise and, you know, this yeah. superhuman shit. Well, there's no substitute for like being on a four set gig and playing rhythm guitar most of the night and doing a few solos but most of the time you're that's 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 yeah that's mostly what i do backing it up and getting that groove into your and i'm sure you do that on your gigs too i mean soloing is probably what four four percent of the whole gig no maybe not you your gigs but jefferson starship is actually an insane amount of guitar solos well good for you yeah it's almost like well okay most other gigs but i've done a lot of you know funk gigs and casual gigs like that's what i started and anyway, if you're playing with a great rhythm section it's like you could oh yeah dude, I could just do dun. that is like dun, dun. to me that is one of the hardest things to do it's a slow okay so just stay there so there's different ways to approach two or one chord or two chords you could play on the beat Or, yeah. Wait, what? Did I, what's the difference? Instead of playing, okay. There's. Oh yeah, don't do. That. You're killing me. No, no. What I'm saying is. Yeah. Even in a studio. Yeah. You could play behind the beat. Yeah. On the beat, ahead of the beat, and nothing's right or wrong, but. You know? Yeah. I I often feel like I've rushed this situation a lot, this kind of a group. I'm, I'm over-exaggerating right now. And that's, but you're, it's such a huge thing you're talking about, like drummers hit putting a snare in that little place, you know, like, you know, you get easy to think that everything's supposed to line up on a grid, like in Logic or something, but right, right. really there's this, these feel things. And then a lot of times people look at the screen, yeah. hey, you're not on, but does it sound good? Exactly. And you don't want like, remember? I'm now I'm name dropping all these people, but I was no, go ahead. Name, I mean, interviewing Slash once. He's like, you know, we'd record it, get the great takes in the studio, and do like four songs or something to get the basic tracks. Come back the next day, and the feel is gone. And the engineers are getting in there, and they're lining everything up overnight. Like, is it engineers or the producer? <laughs> the producer who is, you know, yeah. He's uh, working, whatever. Yeah. You know, music can be really perfect. But back then, it was before Pro Tools, right? He's talking about, like, this is more like, you know, 2006. Oh, yeah, or like yeah, yeah. Solo records and stuff. Like, yeah. the thing that he's looking for is not, he doesn't want it to be all... Right. You can. It's rock and roll. It blew my mind when I realized you can quantize live musicians. Yeah. Like, I always quantize drum parts. With or a, finesse with a, if you need, to, yeah. Like, with a drum sequencer or something. But live audio... You can quantize the shit. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I've done some sessions for people, you know, during the pandemic, and 
for some dance stuff. And so it's like, you know, it's, they, they wanted some chic, you know. Yeah. Totally easy. And the yeah. song was, it was like a house thing, but they wanted. Yeah. She goes, hey, Dave, I sent you the track. Let me know what you think. It was like. It's like, well, what did you do? She, she quantized it. It's like. This gets, gets me. <laughs> it's just chills in my I spine said, you, in the you, wrong you way. You just went on Logic and, and just put the MIDI in. Yeah. You, but you whatever. Gotta, you got to, you know. Can't, got paid. Got paid, but, you, you know, I hate to hear people kill the human factor. Yeah. You know. And sometimes but she was so psyched for me to hear it. It's like, okay. I, I said, okay. There are ways to do it where it works too. Like, you know, but as long as there's something that you're making a cool musical statement. Yeah. But, I mean, basically guitar, you know, it's, yeah, yeah you don't quantize, man. Well, I yeah. mean, I mean, uh, if, if, yeah, I mean, I mean, you can have fun. So you could take a phrase and cut and paste it 20 times through a song. Like I can respect that. If it calls that. for that. If, yeah. yeah, if, it has, yeah if, if the phrase has a good feel and yeah. you want that modern kind of sound. Yeah not my favorite but like yeah. as long as it's the ultimate result is still musical and has yeah that has some booty on it has a, yeah. a feel something you feel you know yeah because yeah. especially if you got something perfect quantized you want something to rub and you do i man from the day one when i first saw you at casadero you you definitely rip great solos too and i have an example from busk matter of time How did you record that solo? Or what's the one remember. I love your opening phrase on that thing. Got a little... I don't... Honestly, I don't remember. Um, I probably did... You know... Uh, here's the thing. I shouldn't even yeah. say this, but... <laughs> I'm not the cleanest guitar player, so I have to do a bunch of takes, man. Whatever feels right. You know? I, I'm, that's... My point is... When I say I'm not really a lead guitar player, especially on a recording, man, it's... I'm not precise. My technique is whack as far as... I make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. Don't play clean notes. So I have to, I don't piece a solo yeah. together. That's my rule. But I mean, did Jimi Hendrix play clean yeah, notes? Yeah, but now it, I'm getting back to all these these bedroom Mozarts, man, who's got yeah. perfect technique and all that shit, man. It's yeah. just like, it, it's maybe it's my own hang up, but I want to be as good as them. But, you know, it's just like, yeah, you can't. But you, I put my heart into it. You know you what I mean? You can't compare yourself to the, yeah, to the interwebs and the. As, as Lukather would say, some fetus out there exactly. who's shredding like Ingve, <laughs> but can't play a groove with other yeah. people. You know? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, but that—that's that, that, I'm pr proud of that solo, you know, because it, it's it, it's heartfelt. Sounds good. I just love all the space in your music in your parts. It's it's like, it's because when I was younger, I played with a lot of older cats who'd kick my ass. Right. And now I had a conversation with somebody the other day. It's like these young cats straight out of college, you know, Berkeley College of Music, they're on the gig with me and they're looking at me like, oh, I'm playing with this old guy. This must be a loser and all that, you know? And they got their charts, you know, on the on regular pop tunes like Superstition. They're looking at these, their charts, bass players looking at his, his charts. It's like, dude, are you playing the music or reading the music? I can understand if, you know, you have cheat, sheet, cheat sheets for the music and you never really played before. Yeah. But come on, man, if you're playing with some older cats on a new gig, at least try to learn the material. Don't read every single song. Every single song. I mean, you yeah. know, sometimes on a, on a gig and I got two, 10 tunes I've never played before, but I got my cheat sheets, but I'm not looking at it verbatim. It's just yep. a memory thing. 
Yeah, but a yeah. lot of these cats come, oh, man, I must be good. I'm playing. And then, you know, they got attitude like, I'm the shit, you know, a college man. I'm too good to be, or jazzers. I'm too good to learn this shit, you know? Then yeah, we play fun. the tunes. It's like, oh, man, they realize the older, the older cats who were losers, according to them, were playing the shit out of it. And all of a sudden, they're like humbled because they couldn't hang. Homework, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Do your homework. It's a curse sometimes reading too much stuff and reading too easily. Well, sometimes it, you have to. You don't like, remember. I mean, sometimes, yeah, you have yeah. to. But, you know, I was doing this one gig once and the bass player had everything so perfectly charted out that yeah, the you never learned the tune. Like 12 times into it, he's still- Oh, 12 gotta, times into it? Get the music stand because we play every, you know. Yeah. We're, it's just my own little thing, especially for the guitar player. I feel like if you're playing the- a guitar gig in the front of a rock or a funk band. Yeah. Only in case of emergency, should you have a music stand and your nose in enough chart. You know, people don't want to see you read. I mean, some, want... well, sometimes I have my iPad on the monitor. Not yeah. Just... Oh. <laughs> All the people with super high budgets have teleprompters where the, yeah. they have in-ear monitors, but the, the yeah. stage wedges are No, actually... no, most of my gigs aren't high profile. <laughs> Jay Lane, man, he are your friend. He's about to be out there with, uh, they're all, you know, Grateful Dead guys always have that monitored with the lyrics. Actually, there was there was there was something on Facebook today that I commented on. They had a uh, John Mayer next to Bob Weir, and Bob Weir had music music a music stand. He's looked like he's looking at it, and the guy, everyone was talking shit about Bob Weir. It's like he's been playing these songs for fifty years, and then so I commented, uh, "Well, he he is almost eighty years old." Think about that, you know. <laughs> so I go, hold on. So I, 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 I commented, oh, shit, my friend just got that gig. He's playing with them right now. He's a new drummer. Let me ask him. So I came back. The reason why he has a music stand, Bob Weir, is because he's singing songs that Jerry Garcia used to play. Yeah. He sings, sorry. Right. That he, so he doesn't know the songs that well. Yeah, there's. Whenever we see something Whatever. outrageous, like there can always be another explanation that we don't necessarily yeah. know. People just I, jump all over it, you know. It's like and, and I comment, yeah, the minutes. guy's eighty years old, and sometimes I'm looking for my fucking phone and I'm talking on it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, man. I'm talking to some man. You're going crazy, man. What's wrong? I can't find my phone. He goes, "You're talking to me, dude." It's like, oh. Yeah, that happens. So I don't even smoke pot anymore. All of us, all the time, absolutely. So, um, tell us how you started. Playing with Michael Franti and Spearhead. Now, I remember in the 90s around the scene, our good friend Charlie Hunter, yeah. one-man band, yeah. and also been on this show. I went to his house in New Jersey. Cool. One time I was out there. And, you know. Good guy. Amazing, great guy. Great guy. And amazing great player. player. Yes. Plays, uh, got this, usually like a seven-string or eight-string. Yes. Yeah. Playing the bass lines, and it would be him and Michael. Yeah. Michael would be doing the lyrics, and he would just be the one-man band. I actually and, saw them open up for Living Color at the Warfield. Oh, cool. I saw the Living Color at the Stone do a solo gig on their Vivid tour, and then mm. I saw them open for the Stones. But At the Stone. At the Stone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Franti had Disposable Heroes of Hypocrisy, and I yeah. remember they were opening for U2, and Charlie was like, I don't really, you know, I don't want to keep doing this, really. Was he with- He wanted to do his own thing. And was he with Dave Ellis at the time, and with the Charlie Hunter Trio with Jay? I think he was starting to do those records. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that's right I know right they did the two, every time. Tuesday night at the uh, Elbow Room. Yeah, yeah, and they put out some records, right. and, and I don't know if you did. It was you on know, Blue Note. Yeah, and did you, he did one with Carl Calder Spanier, who tragically got killed on the bridge. I don't know if you knew the sax player. This is the most fucked up shit. His old car like stopped working, and then he got out of the car, and some someone hit him at like eighty miles an hour after a gig at two in the morning or something. Like, ah, it's terrible. I think hmm, that was vaguely. his good friend Calder. So, um, there's that was I'm just saying that. 
props to Calder, but also like that was around that time. Jaylene, they had the trio and, but anyway, so Franti goes off and forms Spearhead. How does it all come together for you? And, and Okay. So this place where we're at, the studio, it's called Secret Studios Annex. Oh, okay. I'm... My good friend, Happy owns a place. So he has another big place called Secret Studios on Cesar Chavez. We, yeah. We're in San Francisco. Yeah, I've been there many baby. times, but I don't know if I've ever been to this one. Yeah, he owns it. Yeah. So I used to manage it. Manage a place, oh, so I really? play in Los Angeles, and and it, you know, just sat. basically what happens while well, I was sitting in the office, just you know, had a big had a big window, and I just yeah. had my guitar and just practicing all fucking day. You know, got paid to practice nice. and just hang out with people and just you know. Yeah, you knew everybody. Hey, what room? Oh, one twenty one. So, where do I find this guy? Oh, one, room one one sixteen or whatever. You know, collects money for the hourly rooms, and I was playing a lot still at night. Uh so I'm working in the office. Knock on the door. Hey, um, looking for Spearhead's room? Yeah, room 31. All right. Guys get out of cabs. Spearhead room? Yeah, 31. About 10 guys. They're all auditioning or something? Yeah, trying out. So I go to my friend Happy who owns a place. He goes, hey, man, this guy's looking for a guitar player. All these guitar players are coming. What's up? So he asks Mike. He goes, hey, man, you know my friend over here plays guitar. Right. So... They were, uh, they couldn't find anybody. I don't know why. They had people from Philadelphia, L.A. flying in. And then they had a tour of New Zealand and Australia. And the bass player comes up to me. Hey, man, I guess they couldn't find anybody. You want to try out? I said, sure. So they gave me the music and I go, okay, cool. It was like hip hop. And, you know, a lot of it was just like. <laughs> That's what made it onto the recording. Or whatever. I'm just giving an example. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. Not really playing much. No, <laughs> uh, so I go, okay, cool. I'll try it. So I got the gig. And the reason why I took the gig, I always want to go to New Zealand, Australia. So oh, I go, yeah. okay, I'm, I'll go to New Zealand, Australia. I'm good. Yeah. Go on tour. So we got done with that. It was the tail end of this album called Chocolate Superhighway. So then uh, after that, I, it was spot gigs here and there. And they were playing the festival sh- circuit. And we started doing some jam band scene. So we'd open up for like uh, String Cheese Incident and all these other jam bands. And Michael saw, wow, people really dig this. So we got rid of the uh, drum machines and all and started playing real music. And I got I got to write a bunch of stuff with the band. I wrote 30 songs over a la- uh, span of seven records or something odd thing like that. So I got Dang. involved in there. Wow. That's great. So... That was an incentive for me to stick it out because I didn't want to play this. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. It changed, right. It changed. So That's then great. he wanted to do some guitar-oriented stuff, and so I got involved in the writing and all that. Well, there's so. the song Yell Fire. Yeah. Tell us about that. That's got a lot of fucking guitar on it. <laughs> Never sends you an omen A revolution just arrived like the morning 
you sent it to me. Yeah, I, I know. Um, well, it's all layered. It's all layered, and you got yeah. I, I forgot it. Obviously, there's distortion on it. Yeah. It should be distorted. I got pedals, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, I think it's one of the first rock tunes I ever did. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's got... So, and things change, and then, you know, yeah, I got to do my thing according to what was appropriate for the songs. So, um, what was it? I think... I saw you guys play at San Jose Arena, as I mentioned, with... Uh, it probably sounded bad because we didn't have a sound check or, you know, line checks. It sounded amazing to me. Mm. John Mayer was the headliner. Yeah. And I think uh, it was your drum tech, Michael. Oh, Patrick. Yes. It's been a long time. Yeah, Michael Petrick, uh, your uh, drum tech, and maybe more than your drum tech. I don't know, but he got us into the show. It was rad. Oh, oh. He was friends with Gretchen. Yeah, yeah. Ah. I was there with Gretchen. Yeah. Okay. And that's mm-hmm. how I met... I think was that that was before Gretchen I met Man. Michael Bemister. That was before. Oh yeah, I'm sure it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, did you have any hangs with Mr. Mayor or anything? Or what was he like as a? I mean, that guy's a huge, huge oh, he was cool. guitar star. Okay, so when we first got on that tour, we were told by management that we are not allowed to talk to anybody in the headlining band. In a headlining band, it's like, and that band was sick. It was like Steve Jordan. Steve Jordan. I forgot who the bass player was. Oh. The other guitar players, so one of them was that? Macintosh, Robbie Macintosh. Oh, Robbie Macintosh. Oh my God. So great. He took had a couple he moments. He played with McCartney. He was a nice okay. So we were told, don't even associate with the band. Don't ask don't ask for any guests. There's no guest list what's no pest list whatsoever. So it's like, fuck, man. It's like this tour's gonna be a drag. Whatever. Okay. It's a gig. What happens? Everyone was cool. We got all the guests we want. John Mayer was really fucking cool. His whole organization was cool. I mean, we'd eat yeah. dinner together. Every other week, John would have these out band outings, and they'd invite us, and, you know. He was, oh, really? Yeah, it was what, really- What were the outings like? We went, in, in um, Calgary went curling. Oh, really? Hilarious. Uh, band forgot. curling. Yeah, we do that with luggage when you're getting going to the exactly, van or the bus. You yeah, know, try exactly, to roll exactly. it across the exactly. hotel lobby. So he'd rent out a restaurant, all you could eat and drink, and or rent out a club. And <sighs> that's yeah. sweet. Yeah, yeah, we just did. We that. played soccer in Austin. Our 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 crew against their crew. Oh. Actually, we got our asses kicked because they got like 50 people on their on their entourage, and what we have 15. So yeah, they had a deep deep bench. Yeah, deep bench. Yeah, but they ran, yeah. and I just saw the show every night in front of house. Oh, that's so cool. Because yeah. you couldn't go anywhere anyway, because we're in sheds or, or, or arenas, but still, yeah. right there in front of the sound booth, listening to Steve Jordan every night. Yeah, sometimes I think and he's- John. Bit, And John. And John. Well, he's, yeah. he's amazing, man. A lot yeah. of people give him a bad rap, especially dudes. Because yeah. all, all, all the girls or the women will bring their boyfriends, I don't want to see that guy, but then they go, man, that guy's sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he is undeniably sick, and he, you know, like many great- talent he will eventually win you over yeah you know i remember the first time i heard eminem i'm like this guy's obnoxious and i was like listen deep. the second time i'm like oh my god this yeah. guy's fucking amazing yeah that happens sometimes you know yeah but i always liked john man oh yeah he's man uh, i continue amount oh my god production is amazing yeah 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 he's fantastic but speaking of even okay the uh, recording with spearhead we work with some amazing producers and engineers man which I learned so much from as far as production values. Um, Joe Barisi. 
engineer who does all the big records. He's a, he's a guitar engineer. Look him up, Joe Barisi. Learn a lot from him about how to record stuff and choice of, of effects and all that. And oh, cool. Um, Sly and Robbie. Yeah. The Rhythm Kings. So they produce some Spearhead. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's how I. That's how I met them. Yeah. Um, that's perfect. This man. album called uh, "Everyone Deserves Music," and they were all about feel. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And Robbie just passed away, I think, last year. Yeah. And they called me for for a few little tours. And really? I, yeah, so they call me and go. Robbie calls me. It's like, who's this Jamaica? It's like, hey, man, this is Robbie, man. Are you available for the East Coast? Yeah. Can you send me a set list and the music? He goes, no, man. Just play, man. It's like. I love it. All right. So we did a bunch of shows. It's like they just count up tunes. It's like. Would you do any kind of like echoey stuff for some of that dubby stuff? Or you just keep it real simple or like add any word effects? I just use or? my instant. Yeah, I just add delay and all that. And I just look around. Okay, yeah. no one's giving me a dirty look. And, you know. What are your tips for reggae guitar? Any Anything? I mean, you teach I, well, a here's lot. The th- no, I mean, dude. I told, I told Robbie. It's like, dude, I don't play reggae, man. I respect genres, man. Yeah. I'm not a reggae dude. Yeah, but I mean, you have moments with uh, Spearhead, of course, and I sort of got that's grown. That's not, I mean. Yeah, but I mean, obviously you're not from Jamaica, but you're on the gig, and um, growing up in the Bay Area, you definitely played well, I would never reggae. really listen to reggae, honestly. You never played reggae at any shows ever? No, no. Not once? No, not really. Huh. Yeah, I, used to, I guess, you know, I used to play those um, with um, Jeffrey Omadebu uh-huh. from um, Nigeria and that, uh. Yeah, I never played kind any of stuff. Afro yeah, funk. A lot played. of it had a lot of reggae in it. But well, I mean, a lot of that Afro funk is James Brown, right? With it's like James Brown with major chords, right? Right. And then also, there's lots of kind of different reggae kind of stuff right. comes in there. But um, yeah, I'm not legit in any way. Yeah, like, I'm still trying. Well, to... Probably, yeah, more legit than I would. I mean, basically, I mean, was... I was faking it, bro. Yeah. What kind of stuff? Do oh, you... honestly, I fake it all the time. What kind of stuff do you teach, though, like when you're, like, I mean, or something that, now that you've taught okay. several students that come up as far as rhythm Well, guitar. I don't really teach that much, but when I do, people yeah. want to learn funk. I want yeah. to learn, well, I, I mean, I, dude, you can't teach funk. You really right. can't. But they say, what should you do? Because a lot of people like, oh, let's, let's just get back to a James Brown type thing. I'm, I'm, yeah. Just play that. It's the simplest chord in the world, yeah. D9. Yeah. Now they're... <laughs> okay what do you do I said that's not funky but here's what you need to do here's what I do yeah basically just take your right hand and yeah and but you gotta move your body gotta move your body get your and you know because when I play notes somewhere. See, when you... I play I bounce man but if yeah. the groove's not happening I don't bounce and I, I start getting why is my body stiff it's, it, the groove's not happening you ever notice that absolutely it's like why am I not relaxed, man? It's just like... Yeah. I noticed that when I saw Steve Ray Vaughan play for the first time, I was 14 and there were two opening bands and I was in such pain. I remember I'd gone out and waited like four hours. Because it wasn't grooving? No, but he hadn't played yet. And the bands were great, but I was like tired and it was a school Fatigue. night. Oh. And, and it was like 10.45 and I was like, I'm not going to get home till like 1.30. Yeah. Train station, BART is yeah, going to close. yeah. yeah. Like, maybe I should just call it, man. I love the record, and I'm sure he's great. But he came out, and he healed me. Yeah. All of a sudden, I had yeah. no pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like what you're talking about. Yeah. Music can heal. Right. And right. I could see what you're talking about, too, about being in- Have maybe. you ever been on tour where you just, like, got the flu? 
or you're just feeling totally down and you know it's just like you're really sick 104 103 temperature but you got the yep. show's got to go on yeah soon as that one two three four yeah. you start hitting everything's gone i know you think oh i think i'm over it yeah and then you know 20 minutes later or the half hour stage. get off the stage yeah get, no i still got the shit all of a sudden you feel like shit again it's a powerful thing it's absolutely true so yeah and yeah and moving with the music is something you tap your foot teach so basically come on man tap your foot you probably can't hear that but yeah you know and take your right hand and just mute the strings yeah you might swing them and now play the chord i'm a little out of tune but now Yeah. Then mute all the notes yeah. and just keep this going for for the first lesson. Keep this going all the, the right hand going. Yeah. Exactly. Then you don't really after a while when you get this going. This is stupid. No, it's not stupid. Keep this. Trust me. Keep this going because your right yeah. hand's going down up. It's so simple, but it's yeah. a lot of people have difficulty. But then. Then you can do whatever you want with it. But once you get this, too. the right hand going. Yeah. I obviously, it, I call that the flywheel. It just keeps. Oh. The flywheel. I don't know. It's like in a in a car engine. It kind of yeah, keeps yeah, no, the, no, it keeps it. the yeah, engine going. Thought, yeah, 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 yeah. Or the train. Yeah. Chuck it, chuck it, chuck it, chuck it, chuck it, chuck it. Yeah, and it's like you bring out even if you're only playing. I remember you flashed me back. Yeah, when I try to teach stuff too. Not that I'm the funkiest cat in the world, but I. Oh, you I got a lot see, of shit I going see, on. Yeah, see what's happening. It's like even if. The guitar part is only this. See if you can feel every sync, every sixteenth note. So your wrist is going. Exactly. Right. But you might only contact exactly. the Exactly. And mute. It's yeah. all the little shit in between. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing, this is not a Chili Peppers rhythm. Even though they do have that great yeah. song. Yeah. What is it? I never considered the Chili Peppers funk. Yeah. I love Flea. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me this, too. Now, you got a son. Is he stealing gigs from you yet? I see he's playing a lot. No, he quit. He quit playing music. (laughs) He quit playing when you had him in some shows. He's 21, man. You know. Mateo. Yeah. Well, he was such a talent. He was on the road with me. I took him on the road when he was a kid. He's just exposed to it all the time, man. I mean, he would have been bad. I told him, man, in five years, if you keep practicing, you're going to be way better than me and all my friends are going to be... Badass, this is his rhythm. And they'll dude, be calling you. Dude, his rhythm? <laughs> yeah. Runs in the family. I know. Oh, but he got a sensi- sensible career path, I guess. <laughs> well, he became a plumber, <laughs> making steady money. No, but the uh, thing is, he's got a girlfriend. And, you know, when yeah. it's kind of typical with most kids who grew up with music and they just get bored. Yeah. They just get, it's, it's like, eh, whatever, done that. But sometimes it comes back. Like yes, it's exactly. In, it's I'm, under the surface. Oh, the other day he just picks up the guitar, you know. I got a new little Gretsch guitar and uh, yeah. we were playing. He, he picks, let me try it out. And he's and uh, he just picked up. He still remembered it. I'll play rhythm. Whatever. Yeah, do, do, do. 
was totally on it man it's like yeah yeah i I hate my kid in that sense because he's got it man but i said man i hate you i love you but i hate you (laughs) (laughs) i hate that's that's good that's love hate right there yeah exactly because you're so talented dude but you just yeah so um what's the latest man uh, I know you're playing, well, I'm I done you're playing with Sandra Manning the other night. I love her. I oh, yeah, I got called from the Braxton Brothers, who I didn't know anything about. Yeah. And you know Tommy Bradford, drummer? I play with him, you know. He's a God, mofo, man. He's over 10 years dude. ago. Yeah. Yeah, great player. Yeah, it's a great band. And uh, we were supposed to rehearse on a Monday. The gig was at Tuesday at the uh, at Yoshi's with them. And it's a smooth jazz group, and which I'm not, never really listened to, but these are such nice guys. And um, we are supposed to rehearse on a Monday and they got their car broken into smash and grab and they took a bunch Damn of crap it. from them was supposed to rehearse and uh, they go man rehearsal's at 8 now it was supposed to be at 6 and then we get to the studio it's like they didn't show up till like 9.45 they only rehearsed for 15 minutes but the show went on pretty damn well yeah it looked like a great show from it was you a know, great show videos. but you know and that's back to it you gotta do your homework <sighs> yeah even though that. you don't know what's expected live you know, because you get the record and all that or whatever, and then, you, you know, you learn the stuff. That's why I, I try to, as best I can, do your homework because you never know what's going to happen. Not to get on a negative topic here, but what, what do you... Okay, the media likes to jump on stories that are sensational and people want to paint San Francisco as, like, in the decline. And I used to live here for, for like, eight years... And I grew up in the Bay Area. What era? One of my favorite. That was about uh, 2000 to 2008, 2001. Okay. 2009. But I grew up here, man. And it's one of the greatest cities on earth. And it's one of the most beautiful and magical. You walk down certain streets, you can't, it changes your your soul and your heartbeat when you just see some of the stuff. Or just today, driving over and seeing the fog scraping the top of the Golden Gate Bridge. I mean, it's untouchable. But yet. You came from Marin? No, I came from East Bay. Okay. Yeah, so I'm looking over, you know. Doesn't yeah, yeah, matter, yeah, It doesn't matter which way you come. It just yeah. looks amazing, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But what's, the, you're living here. What What do you have to say about uh, the state of San Francisco? Obviously, the, you got me thinking about this fucking smash and grab shit, which happens in a lot of big cities now. Cars, just, you leave it. Well, it's a haves and half nots. And now we're talking yeah, politics, and, but <laughs> I I yeah. grew up here, and it's like I have, I'm passionate about my city. Um, yeah. Okay, but that aspect, the music scene, no one lives in San Francisco anymore. Fortunately, my boy, Jay Lane, he still lives here. Um, yeah. You live here? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, in San Francisco. Yeah, Glen Park area. Um, but as you know, back in the day, the San Francisco music scene was amazing. It was affordable for artists, and well, the same thing with Oakland. But yeah. Oakland's a little more Berkeley's a little more hipper than it is now. But still, and I know, I know, insanely expensive. I know, there is what I know, I, was gonna I, say. Know, I know. But it still has more arts and than it does yeah. here. At least yeah. Oakland is happening right. in the music scene. Um, but I can't get together with people anymore. Who lives here? You got to cross a bridge. Got to cross a bridge. Now, with this complex here, there's like 63 rooms. They're all techies. Yeah. It, it's it's all uh, awesome. man caves. So a lot of this isn't even music rooms anymore. Well, they are, but they're man caves oh. as far as, you know. Oh, so they're all techie musicians when they're yeah. doing like more electronic stuff? Or, or no, the bands, you know, get together oh, okay, and play. So right. There's hardly any working musicians here. 
trip. Yeah. Yeah. How does that make you feel? Or what's going? Where is it headed? I know that rents are coming down finally, hopefully. Keep the trend maybe it'll equalize or maybe no, I don't just... think so. I mean, it's going to equalize, but then it's going to go back up again. Um, well, downtown, yeah. as you know, is a ghost town. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Um, I can't believe And now I, I got a church gig at Glide Memorial, which is a non-denominational, non-denominational church. Big church. And they do good things. Uh, they feed the homeless and they're the real deal. Absolutely, yeah. And it's, it's in ground zero of the tenderloin so i see it all the time you know yeah. you're helping man you're really helping planet earth by no well working for glad i mean yeah it's it's a real yeah and yeah, i guess people they give out so many meals yeah i mean i think taj mahal and, and and plus as far as a church i've never played in a church before but apparently um, a lot of people go on man it's a special church to play some music and uh, Taj Mahal is going to be visiting and sitting in and with the band and all that and we get a bunch of great singers yeah. sitting in and, and all that. But And Zoe. And Zoe. Oh, yeah. I love Zoe. And uh, It's a funny thing. Yeah. Zoe sits right behind me, you know, and, and she's tapping me on the shoulder. Dave Ellis said, take off. The, you know, he's just talking smack. <laughs> he texts her. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Um, But anyway, uh, what was I going to say? I lost track. I oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, talking about Glyber Moral. Anyway, but what church? Can you play James Brown or 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 the Commodores or or Cameo? You guys actually run some of that stuff? Or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we jam on. You know, the preacher's yeah. talking. It's like, okay, what are we gonna do? Play some Michael Jackson, yeah. you know, or whatever. You know, play still some James Brown in between. But where could you do that? I don't mean. I don't anyway, but San, yeah, but San Francisco, the music scene. I I don't know, man. I don't think it's gonna happen again. Oh man, I was hoping for something more. Like this is just temporary. Yeah, <laughs> call me negative, I mean, Dave, man, but. I, I'm with you. I mean, even fortunately, LA. I could live here. I mean, yeah, I I own. Fortunately, I own and you're yeah, you're established. So you know? and I will never yeah. leave because I want to be one of the last of the Mohicans. Actually, Jay might sell his house, you know, so he might be moving away soon too. Where is so. he thinking about it? I don't know. Bay Area. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I know so many people that bailed and moved to Nashville, but yeah, you know, yeah, out of L.A. especially. Yeah. And well, LA is not an option. I mean, San Francisco, man. I mean, I just love this city, but it has its problems. Yeah, I mean, they homelessness all... and sm- yeah, it's just lawlessness and all that. But yeah, and it's overrepresented in certain news reports. Like, this, come on, there's other stories out there, but well, it's not a hundred percent. I mean, well, well, there's the haves and haves nots, and and the haves they want to get rid of all that stuff. You know, I mean, they move to a big city and they want to change everything. I mean, there's good and bad, yeah. but pandemic really hit this city hard, as far as Yep, it really did. New York City too, like these big downtowns. You know, doesn't help to have. But Oakland's downtown is revitalized. Uh huh. I mean, I you so. you know, go around the Fox Theater and all that, man. On a Saturday, Friday night, it's happening. Yeah, there's totally so much restaurants, to... hip restaurants, and you, you know, know, you know why? Because I I read that because the East Bay has a lot of non. I mean, Oakland in general has a lot, a lot of non-profits and companies there and also the people who yeah. uh, also the medical industries they're like Kaiser so people live in their community. Yeah, yeah. As of here, everyone's tech workers and they're working remote. That's true. And it's hard for uh, to be less than a tech worker and live here cuz it's so expensive. Yeah. So Yeah. And even all my friends are moving out of the East Bay cuz yeah. they can't afford it. Yeah, I hear you man. The whole Bay Area is just getting whack in terms of I mean, the, honestly, the, I never really get called for club gigs anymore because the club scene is yeah, where's it apply? Damn. Well, yeah, I think I think in general, I mean, it's- I'm it's, sure it's like that in LA too. Yeah, I think so. Like uh, 
Unless you're in Nashville or something where there's a lot of high concentration. But then again, and I'd hate to say it, man, I'm not going to yeah. play in a club yeah. three sets for a hundred bucks. Yeah. You've done that already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, let's play some out here, man. Let's play a little jam out and uh, you got a line six H X effects. It's pretty cool. You run that through the, uh, through you know, I, to be honest with you, I basically use an amp and clean. I might just throw a little reverb on there, you know, cause yeah, I do yeah. a bunch of sessions and stuff. So if it's needed, you know, so, yeah. so. Pretty lights on there, though. I love them. I know. All the girl, the, 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 the girl singers love it. They go, eh, I've never seen anything like that. All right. I don't know what to play. Neither do so. I. See, no guitar is safe. See, we're not safe. Right. I like that filter. with two chords huh yeah if there's we don't got a song so <laughs> no yeah. change yeah well that's thanks. that's that's my life man playing two chords or one chord uh well, nothing fancy but love the funky. way you do it man thanks for meeting today hey Dave. bro it's been a pressure i mean a pleasure <laughs> yes likewise keep it live to you 95 can i say something know? real quick yeah of course so guitar player magazine man yeah yeah i read that religiously because there was nothing on the internet. There was no internet back then, man. And that was, my, was that was actually my music lessons, man. That yeah. It taught me probably everything I know about music. I, I never really yeah. had lessons, man. I learned a lot of shit, too. I remember instead of playing the blues like this. Yeah. You could go like this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's yeah. The same thing. I, you, you said that was kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> Same yeah. same concept. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the sixth. Whatever it is, I have no idea what say. I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, then and then he had it up in A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Guitar Player Magazine. It, it was the internet for guitar before there ever was such a thing. You know, yeah. it was. I bought it religiously, man. Yeah, yeah. Me too. I never thought I'd. And then you, yeah. Were you the editor? Well, one of the editors, but you, the editor in chief. No, I was never okay. the editor in chief. But um, you know. Started off as assistant editor, became an associate editor. It was cool. It was like the heyday. It was the end of the heyday. You know, like nowadays, 
Yeah, yeah, magazines are now like largely online. But, I know. But we used to have some really cool things. We'd have planning meetings and argue over what stories to cover for the next issue. And we have parties and we'd uh, bring people into the office and famous guitar players or we'd fly out to see them. And yeah, awesome. And a lot of budget. And, yeah. I remember the flexi discs. The flexi, yeah, that was old. Yeah. That must have been expensive. Good. Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, that was- Before your time. Yeah, I was 13 yeah, at that no, time. Yeah, no, I know, yeah. But um, because I played the shit out of that Steve I bounce down, 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 down. Yeah, that was the first one I remember. Yeah, I forgot yeah, the name yeah. of the song, but the, it's like, who is yeah. this guy? Jeez, Stuart Ham on bass on that. Yeah, what Steve, what Steve I don't know who was on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, yeah. For being on the show, I got a treat for you too, man. This is the best capo, or I should say, the most advanced capo out there, man. Oh man, you have to. No, this is a for this is from. G7 Capos. Okay, cool. It's laser etched in there. It says no guitar is safe on the capo. Oh, no shit. These are really cool capos. You just kind of squeeze them as however tight you want, and it stays. Right on. And in there also are two strap tights things. They're like these little plastic strap washers. Strap tights, like I'm going to put them on so I can look sexy. <laughs> tight. <laughs> That's the way it sounds, huh? Yeah. Fishnet strap tights. There you go. No, they're, uh, they're strap locks that uh, Bill Lanero made. He calls them strap tights. They're really cool, and they... Uh, fit right over the button. Oh, cool. And they're so simple and they actually, actually work. Actually, I probably need this for this. Yeah. Tr- dude, here. These th- these little guys. So simple. Oh, so- You just put them right over the strap you button. You know, we got the idea from the bread. Yeah, exactly. It looks like the thing that holds the bread yeah, 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 bag yeah. closed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, you can make some money off that. Yeah. Strap tight. Sure yeah, it's cool. Right hey. on, bro. Thank you for meeting. I appreciate dude, it so much. stop. Stop. <laughs> Thank you. You are too kind. No guitar is safe. 